0: Welcome to Truly Darkly
1: Creepily. I'm Carrie Upma. I'm Quinlan Posner. And,
0: and this you is us. And you are
1: yourself. And, this and we is are us. we. And we are we. And you are you. And let's hold and hands and we're going to make it through this we're gonna together. We're going
0: to make it through this together. Don't
1: be scared.
0: Don't be a scared. Or if you like that, get be really scared. scared. Are you listening to any good podcasts lately?
1: So many. I'm listening to one called Last Scene that is amazing. Last about Scene? an art heist like the most famous gallery heist and it's fascinating and i wreck it hard. you wreck it
0: hard i'm listening to so many political podcasts good for you it is but it's hard i listen to up first npr every morning mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. that's their introduction <laughs> music <laughs> And it's, like, a perfect 15 minutes. It kind of distills all the information. But I'm, like, all the... I'm also getting, like, New York Times impeachment proceedings. Like, the skim, New York Times. Too many emails are coming in, and they're all saying the same thing that I'm trying to be like, okay, what is the new information?
1: What's the scuttlebutt?
0: What's the sitch?
1: I love that word, scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt? Great word. Almost Co's name Too long. Almost... Would you call him ska? Buddy.
0: <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> Butty.
1: With, with, t-
0: with butt. t's. Oh, no. It's with two T's. Butty. Come here, butty. I just love the <laughs> idea of a naming, like, T.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like a really hard T. Yeah.
0: We had a... Oh, speaking of politics, how do you say the word C-L-I-N-T-O-N? Clinton. I don't know. I think I say Clint, Clinton. Clinton. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of it Bill too much. Bill Clinton. Yeah. Bill Clinton. But it's weird. Clinton. My cousin's name is Clinton, and I... Clinton. Clinton. I can't remember, I don't remember, I'm like, Clinton! <laughs> Clinton, the <laughs> like, great right? Clinton? It's a weird name. Also, I should stop saying the word Clinton, because it just sounds like I keep saying the word.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast if you're just tuning in. Don't get excited. <laughs> or do get excited. Excited and Well, speaking excited, of this is actually scared. a
0: perfect segue.
1: Great. Seg it.
0: Because I am doing, today, the mysterious death of... Natalia Nikolaevna Zakarenko, also known as
1: Natalie Wood. (gasps) Oh, I'm so excited you're doing this. Oh my God, I'm so excited that you're doing this. I really am. This is like something I'm very, very curious about and I've never... Deep doved
0: yeah. into it. You know, I haven't deep doved either, um, but I did deep dove for this. I got a lot of information from like Wikipedia, Vanity Fair, um, Deadline? is Deadlight rare there were a lot of weird I went out of history biography Um there even was a tab open that was like Britannica's Webster like encyclopedia and I was like, this is not new information. But I found out some like really interesting <laughs> things about her and I'm going to go into like a little bit of Natalie's like life beforehand before the disappearance or the before the death before her death. So, she was born her parent she was born. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god, you don't say. You are off to a crazy start. This is so a deep dive. Get
0: this. Natalie Wood was born crazy already crazy. So insane. So she is a descendant of Russian immigrants, hence the name. Natalia Nikolaevna (laughs) Zakarenko.
1: Crime and punishment, ladies and gentlemen.
0: (laughs) What is it? Always three names. So this is like a little bit of a weird, a weird thing that I just wanted to sprinkle in as a fact. A lot of the information came from her sister, Lana Wood, which I do think it's interesting that her sister, I'm just saying it now. Her sister, obviously, Wood is a stage name that Natalie took, but it's pretty interesting that Lana also took this name. Oh, they both did. Okay. But I don't think Lana was an actor, or I don't know. Oh. So it's a little bizarre. She was like, I want everybody to know that this is my sister. Back the fuck off. So Natalie was the second child in the family. I don't know how many, but she was the second child. And this is noteworthy because apparently when her mom was a child, like she went to a – she, like, escaped from Russia and then went to China, and they met a fortune teller. And the fortune teller told her that her second child would be a great beauty and known throughout the world. Mm. And the fortune teller also said that they must be aware of dark water.
1: (gasps) Who is the fortune teller? No names,
0: but apparently... She
1: could be rich. She could be
0: rich. But I think... So this is important because it was noted that, like the mom was trying to make this, like, beginning prophecy true and also, like, instilling the fear into young Natalie of this dark water. So Natalie was notoriously afraid of water. And apparently this woman was, like, such a crazy stage mom. A weird story that I found that I just thought was, like, pretty crazy was she had to go, she was shooting, she was, like, a child. She was a kid. It was an Orson Welles film, and she had to go audition. And part of her audition was they had to make sure that she could cry on command. Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently her mother took her aside and was like, think of the death of your dog. She started crying and she like, shoved her in front of the camera. That's one take of the story. The other take that I also read was like, the mother... <laughs> this is so dark. The mother like had little Natalie and she took a butterfly and plucked the wings off the butterfly. And then when Natalie started crying, she shoved her in front of the camera. So like, These
1: are two very different stories.
0: Very different stories. Both very dark.
1: The butterflies. Is yeah,
0: it's very zork sided. So I was like, "That's crazy." So she was like a child star. And what made Natalie Wood so important? I mean, obviously, I know her from a West Side Story, Maria, of um, which is interesting. She's playing a Puerto Rican, but she's Russian. What was interesting to me is like she she was a true child actor. So she was in Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. That was her. She was the little girl. But she was someone who, like, was aging through Hollywood in a a way around that time in the 1950s. I think more so than, like, Judy Garland in a lot of ways. Maybe not more so. I don't mean that. Listen, I love Judy Garland. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, like, Natalie Wood, like, truly aged through Hollywood, where, like, I feel like Judy Garland was playing a lot of young people for a long time.
1: Oh, so you mean she was a kid and then she was a teen and yeah. then she was it so she did yeah. rebel
0: without a cause when she was 16 they actually she had a nickname called one take natalie
1: oh she was so excellent
0: which is kind of incredible she had 3 oscar nominations before the age of 25 and that was just recently beat by Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. So she was in Gypsy, West Side Story, Rebel Without a Cause, Miracle on 34th Street. Um, she was like a part of this, I think, like studio thing where she was like a studio. She was like famous and she, the studio got her and then like sort of just made movies with her.
1: Right, right, right. Um,
0: they did mention, and I think it's worth noting, in some biographies of her, she talks about a very brutal rape at 16 that she confided in five friends. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Seriously. But apparently, like, she confided in five close actor friends who then, like, told this biographer. I don't know how important that is to this story, but I just think it's worth noting that, like, and she had to be around this rapist, and apparently it was incredibly violent and really traumatic and
1: really... What do you mean she had to be around him? Like, he was she, in the industry. She never reported... He, he was, was an actor. In... He
0: was a big actor. No, I I don't know his name. I know, but apparently she like would be around. Like she just had to like be nice around him, and like her whole career was around this person.
1: We have to research this and figure out who it was.
0: So, but I just think it's worth noting that like she'd gone through some shit. You gotta believe some Natalie Wood. So, switch gears. This is gonna be the worst segue ever. But she, she did have, like, the studio fixed her up with couples like they did at the time. So in 1956, she even dated Elvis.
1: Whoa. Which is crazy. There's, like, pictures
0: of them together. Um, but the studio arranged a date in 1956, I believe, with Robert Wagner,
1: mm-hmm. her
0: husband, mm-hmm. um, when she was 18 and he was 26. And she claimed she had loved him from childhood. They married a year later in 1957. So she was 19 years old, and her mother argued against the marriage. Her mom was like, You're too young. You're too young.
1: Definitely Um, too young. 19 is too young. To all our 19 year old listeners, Dear readers, you're
0: too young. So they separated in June 1961 and divorced in 1962. So they were together how long? Or four years, but I'll get to that in a minute. She then married in 1969. She married this guy, um, Richard Gregson. They had a daughter in 1970, um, but in 71, a year later, um, she separated from Gregson after overhearing an inappropriate conversation on the phone between her secretary and Gregson. And her mom and all of her family was like, stay with him. You have like a newborn. What are you doing leaving? And she was like, no, I'm out. So in 71, they separated. 72 was divorced. In 72, she remarried. Robert Wagner.
1: Fascinating. So she,
0: like, she got married at a young age, then they divorced. She She got married to someone else. Had a babe. Had a babe. They divorced, remarried Robert uh, Wagner. Wow. Yeah. And I think because, like, a lot of people at the time were like, they had this kind of special love story because, I mean, again, I really, I don't know when Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton was, but, like, you know, that. (laughs) How many times did they... Yeah, but I
1: can see people being very attached to that love story. I wonder how rare that is.
0: You know, I wonder. Apparently they were like, they both lived a little bit longer. Like, she got... She was older. He was now older. And, like, they kind of, like, came to a compromise onto what their relationship was. And Mm. they came back together. So, they had a daughter in 1974. And seven years later... Imagine yourself, November nineteen eighty one. I'm Night, there. November twenty eighth. So she was taking a weekend boat trip on her yacht called the Splendor. Good um, name, good yacht name. Totally, with a fifty five. It's a fifty five foot yacht, um, and she was with Robert Wagner, her husband, Christopher Walken, her co star. I think in the movie Brainstorm. I think is the movie. I'm not
1: aware of that film.
0: I don't think most people are.
1: Very aware of walking.
0: <laughs> Very aware walking. Wish walk-in. I could he do just an won. impression.
1: Spoiler alert, I cannot. Obsess. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then I went on a boat called... Golf- the Splendor.
1: <laughs> that's pretty good. That's
0: pretty good. Sarah it's is like, deece. that's not good. It's fine. She added, Sarah she, just she,
1: walked out of the room. To all our listeners <laughs> all and readers, like Sarah just quit. Sarah, Sarah left. just quit. Dear readers, we're looking for a new producer.
0: Um, and then the captain was this guy, Dennis Davern, and he was a Navy vet. And so I will just go through chronologically, and then I'll kind of go back and kind of go over the different stories. At one thirty in the morning, so... They had gone out, the four of them had gone out, it was around Thanksgiving, the four of them went out for, like, dinner, had a lot to drink on Catalina Island, and they came back, I think, I'm not sure totally around what time, but I think I saw like nine or ten, they took the dinghy back. To the boat. To the boat, to the 55-foot like to yacht Splendor, and mm-hmm. then they, like, had a bunch of drinks. At 1.30 in the morning, Wagner went down to see, find his wife. And she was missing, Mm -hmm. Um, and that is when they reported her missing. On November 29th, 1981, at 7 o'clock in the morning, they found the 43-year-old Natalie Wood. They found her body one mile away from the boat with a small Valiant brand inflatable dinghy beached nearby. She was wearing a flannel nightgown, a down jacket, and wool socks.
1: So it looks like she... Got drunk, left the boat in a dinghy, and fell out of the dinghy, drunk and died. Is that's like, like all appearances? Yeah, point yeah, to that narrative. Appearance. Yeah,
0: she did have bruises. no shoes. No shoes.
1: No shoes. Interesting choice. I well, mean, that's a, like that could be like a drunk choice. Pajamas.
0: Though. I mean, I think what people think is that she like maybe didn't necessarily try to like she tried to tie the dinghy or something and fell in or something happened. She did have bruises on her body, arms, and an abrasion on her left cheek. Um, abrasion is like a cut? like, a, like a bra- Yeah, I would say a cut or like a raspberry, like some sort of... So it looks like, does someone like it, I think beat there's her a little up. bit of blood on abrasion. Um, it is claimed that she sustained these injuries from falling into the water, and there were scratch marks on the dinghy, implying that she tried to climb up on it but gave up due to exhaustion. So that's sort of like the series of events The autopsy found her um, blood alcohol content was 0.14%.
1: means nothing to me. Explain. So
0: 0.1 was at the time like legal driving. Uh, So she was well over that. In Illinois, I know it's 0.08%. So that... So like how many drinks
1: would a lady...
0: They talked about like her drinking at this Catalina restaurant and they were drinking on the boat. I mean, she was... I think she was intoxicated. And they also found traces of motion sickness pill and a painkiller in her bloodstream. So all the effects would be heightened. So it it. sounds like she was not of sober mind. So the case ended up being closed December 11th. So two weeks, 12 days, two weeks later, um, and it was listed as an accidental drowning in hypothermia. According to the coroner, since she was drinking, she must have just slipped while trying to reboard the dinghy. Right. So that's sort of like
1: where well, what the fuck was she doing getting in the dinghy, I guess.
0: Yeah. So and no one knew
1: that was her plan. Like, it seems like if you were on a totally radical Splendor situation, why do you want to get back in the dinghy? And go anywhere else, unless you have a fight. And if you have a fight, then the person would be awake and know that you're, like, trying to beat it.
0: Yeah. So there's a couple of different theories. And also just, like, inconsistencies in this story. So Lana Wood, her sister, she has always kind of been steadfast in being, like, she does not think that Natalie went out on the dinghy on her own. She's always been afraid of dark water. So she doubts that Natalie would. Get off this yacht by herself. She's afraid of dark water, and apparently she couldn't swim.
1: Yeah. Which
0: I gotta tell you,
1: if you're scared of water, why take swimming boat. lessons. Yeah,
0: I got. To me, it's like, wow, money can't buy everything. Like, learn to swim, even if it's a doggy paddle. Learn, learn to, swim. to
1: swim. If you're rich, learn to swim. Learn to ride a horse. <laughs> learn, to learn to play <laughs> polo. <laughs> it's three rules. Three simple. rules we
0: have for you. You must remember this. So that is kind of weird. There are two witnesses that were in a boat nearby that heard a couple fighting and a woman scream for mm, help in the night. What they Who were are they moored eighty feet away at the time? And the guy said that around eleven p.m. he heard a woman calling. He heard a woman calling out, "Somebody help me! I'm drowning." The cries went out um, thirty minutes later, and when they tried to call the harbor master, no one answered. But they There was a party on another boat, apparently, moored off the island, and so they wondered if it was all a joke. Which, do you know what that reminds me of? Hmm. The Titanic.
1: Oh, I think you were going to say the boy who cried wolf.
0: Well, that. But the Titanic, because the Titanic, when the Titanic was sinking and there were like all these flares, everybody was like, oh my God, they're, just look at those rich people. This was in my I'm like, Look at all these rich folks. Look at the fireworks. Right. What, what extravagance. And God, it was like, yeah. they were like, fucking help us. That. There was a boat off of Titanic that could have saved the majority of the passengers.
1: Oh my God.
0: But they thought they were partying. I
1: didn't know that. Yeah. And there was
0: Jack could have lived. Jack, well, Jack was in third class, and so you know he probably would have died anyway. Just cinematically, like I think it just made more sense for James Cameron to have Jack die.
1: I don't know. I tr- I would trade Rose for Jack any day. I, I'm sorry, Rose.
0: As someone who played Rose in the parody that I wrote of the show, that's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> well.
1: <laughs> I'm sure you're not the only one I offended by saying that, but someone, I remain steadfast. Well here's
0: the thing. I think, Jack, I could talk about this movie. Well, I'm not going to go there, because I could talk about this movie first. We'll do a whole episode on Titanic. In fact, when Quinn's gone, I'll just do an episode on Titanic. Alone, that's
1: a great idea.
0: <laughs> like
1: a Titanic episode? the Titanic the deep t- dive. The
0: titular Titanic episode of <laughs> True Dark, <and> <laughs> Hold on, hold for buzz. Dear readers, there's a there's a snake in my boots. No, there's a
1: weird noise. We think okay. Here, spoiler alert, folks. We're not as professional as you wish we were. <laughs> we're not in a studio this week, like we normally are. We're
0: never in a studio. We've never been in a it's studio. important to I'm note we you. are never in a studio. This is a mom and pop situation.
1: Who's the mom and who's the pop?
0: I feel like I'm the pop because I feel like I was you're doing say, a lot you're of the emotional pop. labor.
1: There is someone pr- potentially mowing a lawn outside my window in the middle of the night.
0: At f- in 40 degree Fahrenheit weather. And yes, I said Fahrenheit because I don't want you Canadians. Wait,
1: it's a motorcycle?
0: It's a, someone with the smallest dick ever. That was so offensive. Small
1: dick left. We're back in business. Small dick let's left. Bring on for, the noise. Bring on the Bring funk. on the
0: noise. So where we left off was there was a couple that was like close that heard a woman screaming. Okay, so. The coroner who closed the case um, even wonders why she left the yacht in the middle of the night, like many of us, um, and why no one realized she was gone. Like, I, when I was reading this, I was like, it's a 55-foot yacht. Like, where was everybody? So Wagner, who did cooperate with the police initially, like when they were doing interviews, her funeral, by the way, was three days after she died. And it was like so star-studded, like... There was, you know, uh, f- uh,
1: <laughs> can't think of any. You can't think of any stars. I'm like blue eyes. Who is it? Frank. Frank Frankie Sinatra. Blue eyes.
0: Why can't I think of Frank, Sin- Good it's, like, Frankie Frank blue Sinatra? Good old Frank Sinatra. Like, like all those fuckers were just like showing up. But Wagner claims that um, him and Walken, Christopher. That if you're nasty. Um, him and Walken had a <laughs> political debate and she went to bed out of boredom and he thinks she couldn't fall asleep with the dinghy hitting um, into the side of the boat and so when she went to tighten it, she must have fell and hit her head.
1: That makes me want to look at a picture of the boat in a way where I'm like, I cannot picture how safe or unsafe this yeah, dinghy well, situation like it, would it could, have been. She was
0: drinking, it could have been an accident, um... But originally, this is what's, I think, weird. Originally, he told the police he argued with her that night about spending too much time away from the family. So there were, like, two questions, right? It's, like, him and Walken had a political a disagreement she went to bed but she was bored but there are other reports that they got in a fight because she was filming a movie and so she was away from their young kid and they got in a fight about that which like by the way sounds like a nightmare for Christopher Walken if I'm like being honest mm-hmm. to be like why am I here where it felt like who's afraid er, of Virginia wheel. Wolf? is yeah. <laughs> like the place like you fight or like the episode if you don't Get know the guest If you don't know who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, the best thing I can compare it to is the dinner party in the office when Jen and Michael are just fighting the whole time. And everybody's like, I'm uncomfortable. Except this ends in death. So there's like a lot of inconsistencies. It was closed two weeks later saying that it was an accidental death, accidental drowning, hypothermia. So around 2000, the captain, Dennis Davern, Started kind of like raising a flag a little bit and being mm-hmm. like, "I wasn't honest. There's more of this story. I have guilt. Whoa. Blah 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 blah." And so, here's what he says happened. Here's his timeline of events. Wait, who? The captain. So the there's like four people on the
1: boat. Okay, what did he say?
0: He says so Wood and Wagner they did have a fight that evening, and apparently it's because. Wood was flirting with Christopher Walken, so Nally was flirting with Christopher Walken. Robert Wagner, who they call R.J., got fucking pissed, and jealousy reared his ugly head. I almost made it a her. No, no, no. No. Jealousy made his reared his ugly head, and he got so fucking pissed that he smashed a bottle of wine on the table and yelled at Christopher Walken, saying, "What are you trying to do? Fuck my wife?" So, Natalie left, slammed the door to her cabin downstairs, Wagner followed her husband, and apparently they got into this, like, fucking epic fight. Davern claims that he heard the dinghy being untied before Wagner returned tousled and sweating profusely. Walker was in bed, Walker then went to bed, and Wagner and Davern stayed up drinking more and more, and around 1.30 in the morning, he said he would check on her. So at one thirty, he went down, he checked on her, he was like, oh, I can't find her. And the captain was like, oh, we should search for her. Again, this is all the captain's recollection. Mm-hmm. The captain's like, we should search for her, we should put on the floodlights and search the area. But apparently Wagner prevented him from turning on the searchlights and notifying authorities of her disappearance because he didn't want to attract too much attention. That is a tough pill to swallow. Ooh, because I'm he didn't want to alert all these people. So That's that, very crazy suspicious, And right?
1: the person I trust the most in this scenario would be the captain because he's the person the most removed from it.
0: Yes, but he also, like, had a lot... I mean, this is saying that he lied to investigators. Like, he's basically incriminating himself in a lot of ways because this would make him an accessory.
1: Well, but it's also, like, he's... I don't know. I trust his account more than anyone else that can tell what happened. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think Christopher Walken... What does he
1: have to gain by saying Walken that's Walken how it went said, down? Christopher like, very little Christopher about
0: Christopher Walken it. won't talk
1: about it, right?
0: He really won't talk. He lawyered up right away... But he cooperated with the investigation immediately. Like, he, I'm sure publicists were involved. Like, I'm sure all this shit happened because he was like, what the fuck? Um, so they, he, like, prevented them from putting on the floodlights. And I think the reasoning Wagner was like, I don't, I'm, like, we're famous. We don't want the tabloids or press. Like, I don't know what's going on.
1: But your wife's missing from a boat?
0: It's fucking weird. So they finally radioed, radioed for help and Davern alleges that Wagner is responsible for her death. Now, in this story, to be clear, it's a lot like in terms of untying the dinghy, like it's a, you're on a boat, it could like you don't know what that sound is, sweating and tossed is kind of suspect. But to me, the most incriminating is the fact that his wife was missing and he couldn't find her and was like didn't call for help right away or like was like did everything in his yeah, power. Yeah, because it's find a
1: boat. Her. Like to me, I'm like it's, it's a 55 not your house. foot Like boat. she like, didn't like, go on not, a walk exactly.
0: Like if you, you don't... don't
1: see her on the boat, uh, there's not that many options of where she's at. Exactly,
0: man. exactly. And so Walken did hire a lawyer, but cooperated with the investigation and isn't considered a suspect. So in 2008, Wagner in his book. Um, Wrote There are two possibilities. Either she was trying to get away from the argument, or she was trying to tie the dinghy. But the bottom line is that nobody
1: knows exactly what
0: happened. Now, he's not wrong. Nobody knows exactly what happened. In, except for... Unless
1: it's Robert Wagner knows. Unless he knows. There's a possibility that he might know exactly what happened.
0: And his daughter... I saw pictures of him and his daughter. hmm And his daughter is like, I hate that people bring it up. Like, they're just, like, searching for... So don't at her with this podcast. You guys, don't bring it up with
1: don't her. Don't bring it up she with She doesn't want to talk but about it. But she's like, I
0: mean, there's pictures of her with her father. Like, she clearly believes her dad. I mean, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're left with one parent as well, I would imagine it's wouldn't be that fun to decide that that parent is a murderer.
0: It also feels like, and, and probably sound like an apologist, and I don't mean to. I just wonder, like, like did the argument get out of hand? Like... I just can't imagine, basically. Well, and then, like, then
1: there's the side of it where you're like, they could just be a fighty, drunky couple, which we all have those in our lives. Yeah. Fighty, drunky I couples. I hope to be one one day. Oh, bless. <laughs> um I'm there. Uh, so with fighty, drunky couples, it's like you can totally see a world where they would have a... Drunk fight, and she would, like, want to be like, I'm really going to show him by leaving. I'm going to fucking leave
0: him. And that'll
1: freak him out if I, like, go to shore. But here's the
0: thing. She was in... She was found in a down jacket, a flannel nightgown, and wool socks. No shoes. Like, clearly she was in her pajamas. Like, I just don't totally buy... that's what she was doing. Like, she was a fucking movie star. Like, I gotta be honest with you. How mad at I am my husband? Like, as someone who's been in, like, movies and shit since a young kid, she wouldn't, like, be leaving with, like...
1: Should we hold for pee? You guys. My husband's peeing.
0: It's coming through. Well, I hope it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think someone broke into the house and is the one making the noise? I just can't believe that my husband would do that.
0: <laughs> Divorce I'm going to go Divorce. check check on the dinghy. will be
1: right back. <laughs> just kidding. That's just kidding. A good... That's a tasteless joke, and I apologize. But you
0: are a little tasteless.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to deny that.
0: <laughs> okay. Basically, Davern is like, it was Wagner. Walken is like, lawyer. And Natalie is dead. So in 2000... That's dear readers, that's, that's where we left. Just not lying. In two thousand eleven, over seven hundred people signed a petition saying that the initial investigation was deeply flawed and the case was reopened in two thousand eleven. Oh, that's recent. Very recent. So 2012 the coroner actually like changed amended the death certificate that was accidental drowning and hypothermia. To now say drowned and other undetermined factors, and listed it as suspicious.
1: Fascinating. What led to that switch? Like, I'm well, so I think interested. They took
0: the they took the captain's account into mm-hmm. into their investigation, and the coroner's office offered a twenty page addendum on the autopsy report. I think mm-hmm. it was twenty, maybe it was ten. I don't know. It was it. 10-slash-20-page addendum to the autopsy, it's stated that she may have sustained the bruises before she went into the water. Okay. So that bruising was sort of inconclusive. Right. In 2018, (gasps) last year, they were finally able to name Wagner as a person of interest in the ongoing investigation into her death.
1: And it's ongoing. It's open. Case is open. It's a cold
0: case. I mean, but the thing is, is is because so much time has passed, I don't understand the legal, but he's a person of interest. There's no evidence to say that he has to speak to investigators. And Robert Wagner has not spoken to any investigators uh, about the case since it reopened.
1: So he's So they cannot make him or...
0: I think they would need, like, and actual... say
1: stuff at this point. They can't, like, well, make them unless some, some other, like, evidence comes to light.
0: Because he's a person of interest, he's not a suspect. That I think, in t- like, in um, terms okay. of, like, legally... I do think there's a difference between the two. Maybe I'm wrong in that. Yeah, no, no. Because it does feel like... They don't have hard evidence to tie him to that, that any sort of questioning would have to be voluntary. And his lawyer is denied. He's denied. Like, there's no reason. There's no reason for
1: him to speak about it.
0: Exactly. He's 89 years old, still alive,
1: Robert Wagner. So this secret, the answer will die with...
0: I mean, if he was a part of it. I mean, I'm saying if just because... There's so much we don't like Lana Wood, her sister has been like, even on the day of her funeral, she went up to him, he was like, sit, he was like crying in like their room or whatever. And Lana Wood came into his room and was like, what happened? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't know. And someone had to escort her and someone escorted her out of his room. So there's like, it's just like deeply shrouded in mystery in a lot of ways. And I wish I had an answer for you, dear readers. But Christopher Walken, not saying anything. R.J. Wagner, not saying anything. David Davern, he is saying things, but it's just one account. I mean, I think what's fascinating about this, and if you heard one of our other podcasts about the only murder in Antarctica, it's one of those rare things where they have every suspect Mm -hmm. in one place at one time and it's all hearsay like there's yeah. no way to account for what happened i think what well, is cleared... you also
1: you know what you're saying it's just da- davern but it's also the people that heard the screaming that's that is that's suspicious. a couple we other just accounts just,
0: again it's really strange to me that those people that were 80, what, more than 80 feet
1: away. Heard that like, screaming. Heard screaming. And, but even the captain didn't say.
0: Well, I just assume they're drinking. There's probably, like, loud music. It's windy late night. It's cold. Because they might have been inside. My sort of bullshit is, like, they closed the case in 11, 12 days? Like, that to me is surprising. Mm. Like, why did they close it that fast if clearly, like, I don't know. That is suspect to me as well, but...
1: I would say, dear readers, if you know what happened with Natalie Wood, please email us. What the hell
0: happened to Natalie Wood? We really need to know. Yeah, and she was so good in West Side Story. She (sighs) was so good. She's so beautiful. And what was crazy is, like, her and Robert, like, divorced, got back together. Like, they had this, like, seeming love story. They had two kids. It just is, like, ugh, it's so sad.
1: That is so sad.
0: So, anyway, so... Good story, Carrie. Thanks. I wish I had more answers for you. I wish I, wish I had more did answers too. for you, dear readers. Maybe
1: the answers are forthcoming. We may never know. Carrie, I'm about to tell you um a story.
0: Tell me more. Tell this me story
1: more. I had help telling from Bustle, Wikipedia, The Daily Dot, the lineup, the telegraph, and the paranormal guide. And I'm just gonna dive right in. The year was nineteen seventy-two. We're really in the same like era. We're loving it. Like there's something, and I
0: also feel like there's something about it having like time since then that I feel like it makes it easier to tell these stories when there's such time from them. Yeah. Like,
1: well, this story is. No, I'm not going to spoil it by telling you about this story. I'm just going to tell the story, and I'm not going to give you any idea what the story is, and then it will suddenly be (laughs) in front of you, upon you, and all (gasps) over you. Oh, sounds sexual. It is. In 1972, we're hanging out in California with this guy Bill Stoneham and his wife, Rowan or Roanne. Tell me how you would say her name. It's R-H-O-A-N-N.
0: R H O A N N. Roanne.
1: Roanne. I like Roanne. I actually don't Rowan. love the name Roanne. But... I I just I like it. It's different. She's what if it's different.
0: Like Ruin? What if it's, like, an Irish, or like, Rune? Saoirse? Or like, what if it's, like, Search? Roan is kind
1: of cool. I like Roan. Rune. Like Rune. Oh, Rune.
0: What if it's Rune?
1: I'm gonna call her Roanne.
0: Call oh,
1: So, Bill and Roanne are hanging in their home in California. Roanne, she just wrote a poem. Oh, she did? And the name of her poem was Hands Resist Him. Beautiful name. And at the time, Stoneham is um, an artist as well. And basically... He was adopted. He never knew his biological siblings. Oh, I'm telling this story really badly in, like, chunks that don't fit together because I'm excited Um, (laughs) to, like, get to the part that I want to get to. Calm down, Quinlan. You'll get there.
0: You need to calm down.
1: (laughs) He's a painter, and he's under contract with a gallery owner. Charles Feingarten. He has to produce two paintings a month for $200 each. It's not that good a deal for him. But
0: it's in 72, so that means it was worth $3 million.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's the (laughs) translation of funds anyway we established his wife writes that poem and he like sees the name of the poem what's the name of the poem again hands resist him
0: hands and resist
1: then him. he like ends up the same time period finding this photo of himself 20 years ago as a kid next to a neighbor girl outside his house outside like a screen door and he's like i'm gonna paint this painting of me and this little girl and i'm gonna call the painting the hands resist him mm-hmm. and it's I'm
0: suspicious.
1: It's kind of a creepy painting. I'm going to show it to you guys. It's, um, this is the painting. So it's like, that's him. And then there's the glass door behind them and sort of a reflection of what looks like a waning moon, hands on the door. And then he painted her as actually like a doll. I don't know if you can see that, but like, she's like a wooden doll. Creepy. And she's holding like... We'll post it I on the Instagram. Really when, this, when this
0: comes out, we'll post this photo on the Instagram Indeed. so you
1: can see. We are organized. The painting measures twenty-four by thirty-six. It's like a fucking oil on canvas painting. Okay? Okay. What he says about the painting is there are memories, echoes of all the life within a place. The hands are the other lives. The glass door, that thin veil between waking and dreaming. The girl or doll is the imagined companion or guide through this realm. So it is kind of like a creepily people kind of situation. And he says um, the hands were all of the possibilities and you were left kind of if you look at the painting, you're left with the question of are they disembodied hands? Are they dismembered floating there in space or are they connected to bodies? Because it's kind of just all black behind them. It's a creepy painting. So if you're listening to this and you're driving, just get on your phone, Google it. And find the image.
0: No, go to our Instagram, <laughs> smack that follow, and check out that photo. Like the Don't photo, give Google our business, quid. My God.
1: <laughs> Google's not one of our. Uh...
0: Google is. We are not sponsored by Google. Not but yet. But we are willing. We will be sold out. Whoever wants to sponsor us, we do anything for money within reason.
1: A couple years later, <laughs> this shitty contract of doing two a month or whatever. Uh, Stoneham wraps it up with Fine Garden and the sort of wrap up of the contract is like they're going to do a gallery show of a bunch of the paintings that he did mm-hmm. including our favorite creepily The Hands resisted. Oh, yeah, creepily <laughs> Peoples better known as Creepily peeple-es. Yeah,
0: the insiders anyone with an art history major will know it as Creepily Peeply. so any questions
1: feel free to contact your local art historian any questions contact no? David S. Pumpkins <laughs> so at the showing at the gallery showing somebody that shows up is john marley and i know you don't know who that is but i'll you tell sounded you sounded
0: so excited like i knew and i was like does he the inventor of yeah. um, marley you know, for dancers did to you dance see on? like the
1: godfather movies yeah i think in a previous episode i said i
0: yeah i saw the second one recently at lincoln center he is the
1: actor that gets the horse head in the bed
0: oh he's that big guy yeah yeah oh i like him him look here he is yeah, yeah John Marley. White hair.
1: So the painting gets like a, a little mention in a review in the L.A. Times by Henry Seldis. Henry Seldis writes an article and like talks about that painting and John Marley fucking buys it. So great day for our friend Bill Stoneham, uh, who did not know what to do and under, this- you know, deadline. He just copied the, his
0: wife's name and then a photo that was taken of him and just idea. basically god you know what i feel like sometimes artists are just like what i was in high school with like one because i never did the reading i'm sorry teachers i never did the reading before in high school because i was like i had such an aversion to assigned books mm-hmm. but i would just bullshit my way through it and it feels like this guy is kind of like yeah so I, he got all these <laughs> ideas and then he was like so this actually means there's a realm and we're all a part of it. Mm-hmm. I actually love mm-hmm. this guy. Moving yeah, on. Yeah.
1: He's uh, he's not a bad guy, Bill. I want to make that clear. No. What I want you guys to know is, okay, so thus far in the story, we have, like, besides Bill, we have these three characters, right? We've got Marley that bought the painting. We've got Seldis that reviewed the painting. We've got Fine Garden that showed the painting. That
0: commissioned the painting.
1: Within people. 10 years, they would all be dead. Oh! <gasps> All right. It it starts creepy and it ends disappointingly. Don't less so. tell the
0: readers.
1: Uh, sorry, readers. Dude, I just we'll I, cut I, I that want, out. I'm like managing your Dear expectations.
0: Readers, yeah. No. 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 Let's let's really pull the rug out from All under them. All right. The well,
1: head. I'm gonna go like creepy, not that creepy. Back to creepy. Not. Cre- it's gonna be a roller coaster. Get on board. <gasps> Ugh, Buckle I'm your seat belt. Buckling
0: up. I'm listening to the
1: Put instructions. Put on your helmet.
0: A roller coaster?
1: <laughs> Although Mr. Seldes, who wrote the review, his death was listed by the police as an apparent suicide. The exact cause was not determined. Ugh. And he died four years after writing the review. He also, he was only 53. And then Fine Garden, that was the gallery owner, died seven years later in 1981. I tried to figure out how he died, and I couldn't find that information, but he was 60. So not an That's older man, happened. a young man marley who bought it dies 10 years later in 1984 but he was 77 and it was after open heart surgery so that does not seem like very suspect to me actually furthermore he sold the painting before he died so the painting wasn't even in his possession when he died so let's just admit that that has little to do
0: for sure
1: yeah creepy painting connected to his death not bloody likely so it would basically, that that was the high point was that day that it was like, review, sold. And Stoneham was like, great, doesn't hear about his painting again for 26 years. But somehow, and no one knows how, the painting ends up in an abandoned brewery. We do not know how that happened. There's no information on how that happened. I couldn't even find who Marley sold it to, but Marley sold it, and that person, somehow it ended up in this abandoned brewery. And in the year 2000, the painting resurfaced in a listing on eBay. Ooh! Yep. The eBay listing said, when we received this painting, we thought it was really good art. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think like all this reviews so much. Are for my shows are that. When I, would I first like to know, saw this,
1: I thought it was really good art. I would also just like to know, what was the family doing in an abandoned brewery? I don't know. But they found it in an abandoned brewery and took it home and put it in their kids' room. All right, I'm going to read they you They put this. it in their kids' room? Yeah, so they didn't think it was that good of art. It didn't go in, like, the foyer.
0: Also, there's, like, hands on black glass. Why the fuck are it's they putting them in children's creepy. room? It like, bad design choice.
1: Okay, this is what it says, and I like it because it's all in caps. At the time, we wondered a little why a seemingly perfectly fine painting would be discarded like that. Today, we don't. One morning, our four-and-a-half-year-old daughter claimed that the children in the picture were fighting and coming into her room during the night. Oh, my god. So basically, they oh, say that god. the painting had only been in the house for a few days when the little girl starts complaining about it and she says that the figures would like come out as ghosts and fight in her room and the parents are like talking to the kid and they're like it's just like it's just a painting, it's just a painting. Like, we they just can't got this calm rematted and
0: framed. Like, please, please. <laughs> we just
1: took this to Michaels. It was it's expensive to frame stuff. So they're like trying to calm her down. And what they end up doing is they set up like a motion activated camera to watch the painting in her room at night, which it's motion activated. So it's like not going to go on unless there's movement, but it would come on and it recorded a couple pieces of footage. And what it seemed to capture was even though the color, like you can't see the kids moving at all, the colors in the painting changed and the object in the girl's hand, which isn't a gun, started to look like a gun. Like she was, it's like a battery or something. And it turned into a gun. But to be clear, also, I looked at these pictures and I'm sort of like, do you just maybe not know how like a night camera works? Like, the...
0: I also like really curious if they did this, like, we found this for free. How are we going to sell it for more money?
1: <laughs> I. <laughs> And like, love that. Let me be clear that I love that angle. And upon reading this article, don't be surprised if you see me putting things on eBay and attaching really crazy dark stories to them (laughs) just to see what happens. They did have a warning on their eBay, though. Do you want me to read you the warning?
0: 100%. Okay,
1: I'll do it. It says, Do not bid on this painting if you are susceptible to stress-related disease, if you are faint of heart or unfamiliar with supernatural events. By bidding on this painting, you agree to release the owners of all liability in relation to the sale or any events happening after the sale that might be contributed to this painting. The painting may or may not possess supernatural powers no. that could impact or change your life. However, by bidding you agree to exclusively bid on the value of the artwork with disregard to the last two photos featured in the auction, which are the photos that claim that the colors are changing and she has the gun and stuff, and you, cannot, and you hold the owners harmless in regard to them and their impact expressed or implied, which I kind of think is them getting, like, being like, don't, Sue us for lying to you that the painting is haunted but I could be I actually
0: wrong. like I feel like these are genius salespeople. I want to know how much it got sold for.
1: Uh, okay it was so the uh, like the opening bid was 199 and it sold for a thousand twenty five oh dollars
0: these people You want to do this now free. right because dear readers this is a well, sick way to make some cash. I'm and not people started
1: to say that, like, saw it online. People started to say that they had, like, effects from just looking at the painting online, like, looking at the listing. Like, Is this somebody... the promise of The Ring? Oh, my God. <laughs> it could be. So one person reported hearing an exorcist-type voice with a blast of hot air. And another said they became ill while viewing the painting and had to burn white sage to cleanse their house.
0: White sage also smells very good, and I love white sage.
1: I don't know what white sage is. It's different you, than regular sage.
0: You have it. It's in your...
1: Okay, great. Good.
0: <laughs> it's just like the bundle. White sage is like... Thank
1: you. It's for my mother-in-law, so you just blew my spot.
0: She's <laughs> well, she like, oh,
1: gosh, to... she didn't burn that sage. Now I'm going to have to burn it. <laughs> you do know you... It is burned at the tip. Is it? Oh my God, that's ghostly. (gasps) And it's holding a gun. It's actually,
0: white sage is really good. I do feel like it does. I know this is very woo-hoo, but I do think there's times when I would like fight with my, you know, and I would put white sage and I did feel better.
1: I'll try it. What can I say? I'll try anything to feel better. Uh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just don't look at this picture. Don't look at this painting.
1: Other people reported blackout and mind control experiences (laughs) from looking at it.
0: Oh my God.
1: So really, Seriously? this just, and this is like by looking at eBay. I want to be clear. The picture's not even in the same room.
0: I love that. So the
1: lady that buys it was a gallery owner. Kim Smith is her name, and...
0: That doesn't sound like a made-up name at all.
1: Uh, right? <laughs> Kim um, <laughs> So she buys it for one thousand two fiver, and a month afterwards, she had an interview with this paranormal website called surfingtheapocalypse.com, mm, and I'm going to tell you what that. she says. What does she say? I wish I could report a bizarre happening or mind possession type of thing, but the unusual things started happening with the first email and counting, Smith said. Prayers and quotes from the scriptures from a man of faith. Advice how to cleanse my residence of this evil thing from a Native American shaman in Mississippi. Reports of people being repulsed, made physically ill, or suffering from blackout or mind control experiences. I've been informed that over 35,000 people on eBay alone have viewed this item. People want to know how I can live with this sort of thing, or they want to buy a life-size reproduction. If anything, this is the real story. I had never received an email before that that wasn't from some online porn site. (laughs) So basically, (laughs) her story is that there is no story, it's not haunted, and that it's just crazy that now she owns it, she gets lots of emails. Because people are so... Invested in the lore and the story and the creepypasta of this thing that they're like, we want to talk to you about this. So she's just getting, like, inundated by people that want to talk about their experiences, but she's sort of saying, like, nothing weird happened with this painting and me. What's weird is now I get a lot of emails and I used to only get junk mail. But from porn sites, I guess?
0: She really kind of missed the boat. (laughs) I feel like she she needed a writer to keep that...
1: Concise. I would suggest before she watches porn To do an incognito browser And I think that'll cut down on those porn emails <laughs> um, I'm gonna write hey, her and let her know Hey, the more
0: you'd be like Hey girl, it's me, Quinn, from before <laughs> <laughs> You might recognize my email From the porn spam that I've been sending you <laughs> It's me from I the gotta photo. stop
1: doing that <laughs> Today The painting rests In a storage facility In Smith's Gallery In Grand Rapids, Michigan She's now 61 And she's been only asked To bring out And show the painting Six times um, And she says One of the most memorable Occasions It was in 2007 When about a dozen men Ranging in age From six Fourteen to sixty came in to see it. I want to know that story badly. That story
0: is actually What's a story the club. Let's get to 16 What is the club they were in? Old men be like,
1: one want to do that baning Yeah, let's all go together. It's like a family? I don't know. Twenty seconds passed and there was just silence, she says, and then somebody said, That's creepy. <laughs> She recently received a six-figure offer for the painting and refused. So, oh, she, you know, she's attached. I, love her. I think she likes getting she's those still emails. And wanted yeah, to live. and Stoneholm that painted it is sixty-seven, and he still gets messages from people saying we're like so scared of your painting. And this is such a like f- fun, this. strange story. That basically, there's a documentary filmmaker that went there to film a documentary on the history of the painting. There's a feature film director that's trying to make a movie about it. And then there's this guy, Darren O'Neill, who was so into it that he like bought the rights to the painting so that he could write a novel inspired by its history. And he like combined the lore of the painting with an idea of like this serial killer that's known as the life swapper. And he, he has a book out and he is unconvinced that as I am, that the painting caused deaths of any of the men in Los Angeles. I think it just wanted a
0: female owner is really what it sounds like to me.
1: Right. But he spoke to the dad. The dad? The dad that set up the camera in the kid room. Yes. He spoke to him. And he said that he this guy was absolutely convinced that the kids came out of the painting and he was a really level-headed person.
0: There's something about paranormal. Like, it's like, who... Authenticate, like it, it's such an interesting sort of conversation about like credibility. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Like,
0: who do we believe and why? And right. It's like the boy. It's like if it's more. If it's like someone who says a lot of paranormal.
1: It's like what a. Mm-hmm. But if it's someone, it's like this is the only thing, thing that like, ever wow, happened to me. It's, and it's cuckoo crazy. They be- we believe them. Well, so in this guy O'Neill that, that was writing this if book, only- he was staying at a hotel in Dubai, and he had a printout of the painting. And he, like, went out of the hotel and the air conditioner broke. He was gone for a month and the air conditioner broke and and it caused the entire place to get covered in green mold upon his return. But one thing remained untouched in the room, which was the printout of the picture. Weird! And he says, that sent a shiver down my spine. And that's the story of the haunted eBay painting.
0: Well, when we release this episode, we should put—we won't put the f- picture on it. You'll have to swipe through, so that you can see. Because we don't want—we don't want to affront you. If you don't want to, if you're delicate,
1: if you don't want to see the photo,
0: you can—you won't have to. We don't want to just like surprise you in your feed. So,
1: what will the cover photo be for this app? Well, so that it'll just know. be
0: like a it says, "Swipe for." Creeply-peeply.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you want to see the creeply-peeply, swipely-bipely.
0: Well, our social media is booked.
1: <laughs> Quinn and
0: I are pretty innovative.
1: But I just don't want people to feel like, no. We don't want anyone to have a blackout on account of us. No, dear readers, no. Unless we're out at the bar. Quinn, Holler. I love that story. What a weird
0: story. Right? Love that!
1: It was truly darkly creeply.
0: Thanks for joining you guys, us, guys. Thanks
1: so much. We like, miss you. Subscribe. We love you.
0: Uh, any sponsors? Feel free to reach out. Yeah, um, invest, invest,
1: invest in, in us in stocks. In do we have and stocks? bonds and bonds <laughs> and darkly creeplies? <laughs> invest in creeplies peeplies before it's too late. And you could be the first.
0: We hoped in turn to. We want to be the... We want to be the... We want
1: to be the fine garden to your stone ham. We
0: want to be the fine garden to your stone ham. Now that's romance. (laughs) That's romance,
1: baby. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.